Welcome to the London Property Podcast. Prime Central London advisors Marius Nozare and Chris Mulry discuss property news, trends and topics on a weekly basis. Being experienced full-time property brokers and investors, we offer listeners insights into the market. Our combined experience can help you better understand the sector and unearth value and opportunity from everything property. Good morning, everyone. I am Marius Nazare. I'm Chris Mulry. And this is vlog number six of the London Property Podcast. Uh, we've got new microphones, so the audio quality is going to be much, much better. Um, right. We are going to start off, as usual, with news of the week. Um, last week, we obviously had the campaign manifestos out, and the Conservatives have, um, well, it was quite of uh, it was a bit of a shock right this news of the week so they actually pledged as part of their campaign that they will be increasing the well they'll add a three percent surcharge on the stamp duty tax for overseas buyers so that is on top of everything else right so at a higher rate you're looking at 12 percent stamp duty right and then if you have a second property that's an extra three percent now, if you're an overseas buyers and you've already ticked the boxes before, you're looking at another 3% on top of the 15, which works out to be a whopping 18% stamp duty tax. Um, so that's what obviously they've pledged. Now, it's, we, it, it was very vague and that's why it's, it's a very interesting thing that they, they brought out because there were talks previously of them actually lowering stamp duty. Um, but yeah, this is, I think, something to kind of, they threw out something in the election manifesto to kind of par with Labour's kind of policies, you know. Um, we don't know if it's going to be coming into effect or when it will be, if they do actually follow through with it. Um, but yeah, overseas buyers are obviously going to be affected. So um, there we go. They estimate that uh, per year. 70,000 transactions are going to be affected by this. Um, so there we go. What do you think, Chris, would, would, would be the impact of such of, of an increase, another surcharge on top of whatever we have already? <coughs> well, you know, for UK-wide, um, it's not going to affect anything a huge deal. Uh, but um, in terms of London, it will affect it a lot more particularly yeah. if you look at the research for where the foreign buyers are actually buying in, in London, I should really say overseas buyers. or um, So uh, mainly around Westminster, Kensington, Chelsea, something like 15%. Uh, Westminster is something like 25%. Uh, we work in Westminster, so our area is disproportionately hmm. uh, affected. But... Um, yeah, it is going to be more challenging for overseas um, investors. But one thing that I can't help but think this is this is an election pledge. Yes, yeah. uh, something to kind of you know claw back some voters. And I don't I don't doubt that it, it it's going to come into play. But I think it sounds a lot worse than what it actually is because we have heard Boris Johnson previously in the past talk about. Um, wanting to bring down the top rate of stamp duty from 12% down to 7%. So, uh, 
<laughs> my theory is, and it's a bit of a conspiracy theory, <laughs> he's saying we're going to put a tax on kind of foreign investors, um, which he may well do, but the, you know, at some point in the future, I, I do believe from what, what I've been listening to that that higher rate, 12%, will come down. Now maybe I'm an optimist, uh, mm -hmm. we work in the property sector, it doesn't make any sense for it to be a top rate of 12%. Um, overseas buyers are probably going to be second homeowners anyway, so they yeah. hit with another three, and then another three on top of that for being overseas. Yeah. 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18% is a lot of money. Yeah. Uh, you probably, you know, would you even want to buy a property paying 18% of the capital value in tax straight off the bat? You know, you could rent for several years. So something doesn't mm. kind of stand quite right i don't think the conservative government want to completely cripple the london housing market it's Absolutely already not. in the doldrums um <clears throat> so yeah um, interesting nonetheless um, yeah so we will see how this develops so i guess that's our well news of the week because it's highly relevant some weeks are harder than others to find news that are directly impacting the, the the london property market this week we've got something nice and you know we can talk about this for forever really but that's like chris said just an election pledge we, we it's very fluffy and very vague at this stage which i i kind of agree with you whether it will happen or not i might think it's just an election thing and you know they might work on on the higher tax uh, stamp duty tax you know, figure and lower that so it'll kind of balance it out yeah um so, so we'll see so, what. so it looks good it yeah. looks good it's that good we're going to gonna hit voters. foreign buyers but <laughs> at the same time if they do bring the top rate down <coughs> it's yeah, yeah. it's it's kind of uh, exactly so i think they'll be smart about it um and you know boris johnson knows like about the london property market so i'm sure you know he was the mayor so um he knows he knows how things work here in london um right going on to should we do, do you want to do about section 21 i think yeah you yeah, can cause there's some it's not new news but uh, for those of you who might not have heard about it section 21 it seems to be whoever kind of wins this next election all of them are singing off the same hymn sheet in that they're going to be abolishing section yep. 21 um so section 21 notice is a notice that you can serve to evict a tenant out of a property you don't need any reasons for it you just serve the notice uh, and then they've got simply put they've got two months to leave the property um, and um, the problem with section 21's for you know tenants say if you're a family living in an area where your kids are going to a school a landlord can all of a sudden out of the blue just say right you're leaving you've got two months to to, to, to to go and you've got to pull your kids out of school or rush to find another place so the government does feel that it's right to and any other party coming in feels it's right to give a bit more security to the tenants which in effect I think it is the right thing to, to, to do in a way um, but what landlords have been concerned about is how do they actually if they really do need to get a property back how are they going to get it back and it looks like there might be some caveats that are put in place that if you want to move into it yourself or if you want to sell it um, the process of evicting the tenant they're looking into ways and they've had consultations mm -hmm. on how to make the process of 
getting the tenants out under those ways uh, a little bit easier than what they are at the moment. Because at the moment, if you go through a section eight to get a tenant out, they can be challenged, you can end up in court, it can go on for yeah. months and months and you can end up with some serious financial loss. So abolishing se section 21 on the outset, a lot of landlords will be thinking, gosh, if this disappears, there's my safety net gone. If I end up in a situation that I really need to get the property back, um, is there any point being a private landlord anymore? Particularly if you've had an experience that you've gone through the court system completely not your fault and you're just trying to get your property back, maybe you've had an issue with a tenant. Um, so it's a very contentious uh, subject and also uh, the Landlord Association, National Landlord Association yeah. has done some research and they think that rent prices are going to go up, landlords are going to be a lot more choosy on which tenants uh, to, to rent the property to and um, and also for those on universal credit um, and this is the big kicker, universal credit tenants when they when their landlord serves them, serves them a section 8 or a section 21 or whatever the council advises them to stay in the property for from, from what this is my understanding of it they normally advise them to stay in the property until court proceedings. Uh, now, if Section 21 is then pulled, um, landlords are going to be forced into the court process route and having to fight in court. Therefore, the National Landlord Association have said that um, housing benefit tenants are going to find it very difficult to get housing from the private landlord sector because most private landlords are just not going to let their property. Yeah. Um, so it could have an adverse effect. So the court system will need to be reformed to some degree. Hmm. Um, so that's section 21. So we have covered the news. We have covered section 21. We are going to go on to sale of the week. Um, this week is nothing like Albert Hall Mansions that we did uh, two weeks ago. It's a small one-bedroom flat in a development quite close to us called The Water Gardens. It's a gated development, um, secure, and it seems to be quite, um, you know, the favorite of a lot of clients from the Middle East, a few politicians in there as well. So. Um, yeah, I guess the fact that it's a secure gated development is is really, you know, um, desirable for these people. And the flat that we sold is just a very kind of, um, it's a lovely flat actually. One bedroom flat, fully refurbished to the highest standard. Um, both living room and bedroom are th the right proportions. And yeah, it has a long lease. Um, sold it just under the asking price after two few weeks of negotiation between the buyers and the seller um, but we obviously um, yeah it's a, it's a great property and I actually did say to the client the sellers when I first walked in well in my head when I first walked into that property I said I need to sell this property it's a great flat the sellers really motivated to move on and sell the property. So I said, okay, this is great property. It needs to be sold ASAP, I'm gonna do it. Um, obviously, we, a few weeks went by, we had a few viewings, um, and hopefully now we're in a position that it will get wrapped up. And I did say to the seller, when I, I met with, with her a week and a half ago, and I did say, you know, I walked into your flat, I'm gonna sell it. So um, hopefully this will um, get over the line eventually. 
it's a good flat. I think it's hard to find a flat at that level in terms of refurbishment and the, the, how modern it is with a long lease in a gated development in central London um, for that price, right? Mm -hmm. So asking price was 600K. We can't disclose what the actual um, offer was, but it was just under that. Um, and you can have a look online. There's nothing really on that level. So that's our sale of the week. <laughs> Um, that moves on to a new new listing of the week. Yeah, um, and that's a house that we've got in Trevor Place. Uh, not quite on the market yet. Um, the family are just organising some affairs, but um, it's a house in Knightsbridge. They've owned it for thirty thirty odd years. Um, it's a big house. It's two thousand three hundred and fifty square feet, um, and it's arranged as a five bed. Yeah. Uh, um, so need some need some work. Same family have lived in it for a long time. Um, I think it's pretty much the last British family on the street mm. talking about foreign buyers. Yeah, uh, it's very close to Harrods. They love Knightsbridge. Yeah, <laughs> foreign <laughs> foreign buyers love staying around <laughs> Harrods and going on the shopping sprees. Um, but it's a lovely house. You don't really see them very often around there. I mean, I think they've even still got the, the, the bathrooms carpeted. <laughs> really <laughs> yeah. old school. With carpet up the side of the of the baths. Um, it's, it's a good house. You could potentially extend it a little bit. Uh, you could potentially extend into the loft. Um, so yeah, it's a good listing. Um, as soon as we get the details, we can put a link. Yeah. Um, and in terms of pounds per square foot, uh, it should be coming on somewhere in the region of about £1,800 per square foot. And we've had a look on Trevor Square, which is the street just next door. Uh, there's a house on there which is fully developed and refurbished for about £2,500 a square foot. Um, so there's a big arbitrage for somebody who wants something to get in there, renovate it, make it their own. Right next to Knightsbridge, who likes Harrods, then yeah. this could be the house for, for you. Yeah project so we're excited to have that coming on board all right on to the final question uh, a question section funny enough it is your question answered this week um, we have Lily from Yorkshire and <laughs> the the question was what makes a good investment now obviously there's we're just going to touch on the three kind of core things that we see as as important uh, to really judge and gauge whether something is a good investment or not in property. Uh, first of all, you've got location, right? That old saying, location, 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 but it's very true. Are you close to transport links? If you're in London, underground, definitely cross rail. I mean, there's been so much research suggesting that anything that's within a 10 minutes, 15 minutes radius of a cross rail station in the last five years or so, the prices have increased dramatically. So it just shows how important having key transportation hubs and connectivity to where you're buying the property, it will really um, affect what rental you can achieve because ultimately, you know, a good investment is about getting good rental returns. So transportation, will attract good tenants, better tenants. You know, if you've got a link, let's say, with Canary Wharf or the city, then obviously you'll be targeting 
a different kind of tenant than if you're living somewhere else, right? So location is key. Uh, in terms of locations, obviously, what other things are around? I mean, people now want to live in a place, even if it is for rental, where they have things to do. They can go to their local cafe or their bakery on a Saturday, Sunday to get that fresh bread or have a you know fresh uh, coffee. So what is important, uh, what's really key is to have all these things for people, shopping, not just l transportation, but mm. things to do, you know, entertainment, l leisure facilities. So that's also very important because again, you're gonna keep the tenants happy, you're gonna attract better tenants, and ultimately you're gonna have the tenants staying in for much much longer than a year. So location is, is really key. Schools and hospitals, again, if you're, you know, if you've got a house and you're targeting families, what schools are around? Again, I think that's number one criteria for a family that, that's renting really, what school is close by. So location, location, location is a key thing. Um, yield is the second thing that we kind of identified in order to judge an investment, whether it's good or not. So yield, obviously, Yield will be affected by the purchase price in many ways, right? Um, and then the rental income, right? So securing a property when you do go to buy a buy-to-let investment or a property for investment, um, the purchase price is actually going to affect your yield, right? Um, and then obviously the rental income that you get from the property is also going to increase or decrease your yield. So that is key. Um, and then something that a lot of people don't really factor in is the costs. So management, maintenance, and if it is a leasehold property, if it is an apartment, service charges and ground rents. That is also something that will eat up your yield. So again, picking a buy-to-let property, look at the service charges because it could be a great development, you know, with all these things. And then if it's a high service charge, your yield is going to go down. And I think Chris is going to mention some other elements which you, you should also look at when you're considering what makes a good investment. Yeah. So a developer uh, who I know um, is quite interesting because it's probably one of the most successful developers that I've ever met and he turns over a lot of properties and um, I did ask him what's the one main thing that you look for when you kind of buy an investment flat and contrary to everything else that you would imagine uh, he turned around and said I just buy things that I that I like <laughs> yeah <laughs> sounds so vague but so yeah I'm talking about the intangibles of an investment yeah. so I'll try and give you a few examples. It might be, normally he buys period properties, and the period properties that he buys, he wants something that's got some redeeming feature that yeah. he can bring out and add value to. So it might be, in these Victorian buildings that we have around here, it might be a first floor flat that's got lowered ceilings on the first floor. First floor flats normally in Victorian buildings normally have really high ceilings. Some of them have been lowered, like maybe by the council for heat insulation. You might think, well, I can take these ceiling heights up a, a lot. 
I can increase the volume of the room. Uh, it's got a chimney breast over there that doesn't have a fireplace in there anymore. He might put a marble Carrera fireplace in there with a big mirror above, bookshelves either side, color tones. Bring out all the period features, put wood floors in if it's got carpets. Um, just something that you think you can visualize the room and you can see how you're going to bring the period features and add value in, in that direction. So, you know, some buyers, some investors, novice investors will look at a flat and think, okay, well, it's a good location, which is fine. Uh, the price per square foot is cheap. It seems like a cheap flat, but don't just buy a cheap flat because a cheap flat might always be a cheap flat. If you can't, it might be cheap for a reason. Maybe it's a basement on a busy main road that's got a high service charge and it's cheap, right? You buy it, it's always going to be a basement on a busy main road with a high service charge. You're probably not going to be able to affect any of those things. You can make it look good, good inside, but you know, yeah. you, you've still got these problems with it. So you need to find a property which is is all around the problems you can address and you can manage and you can improve and make them better. Yeah. Um, but ultimately, buy something that you like because selling a property is a psychological game. If you like it, if you like property, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm probably gonna like it as well, yeah. right? Yeah. And a lot of other people will like it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So those are like intangibles about buying an investment yeah. property. So don't completely discount them because I think they're quite important. No, I, I agree because a lot of people, when they look for a buy-to-let investment, they, they're really <coughs> numbers driven. Yeah. Um, and that's perfectly fine. The numbers obviously have to stack up. But the, if you want to go that level above in terms of being a really top you know, investor in the property industry, especially in London where we've got incredible properties. I mean, yes, somewhere, not that there's a, not for anything wrong with properties up north, but the matter of fact is uh, there's a lot of great period properties, a lot of unique properties full of character in London compared to you know other, other cities um, mm. because it's a much bigger city. So you know we've got a lot more unique properties and the intangibles are so important, natural light and like Chris mentioned. And if you do want to go above to that really top level, the best developers that we know and the, the ones that we work with they really pay attention to these details and they, yes, the numbers have to stack up, but there's a lot of other intangibles that are super important. Um, so yeah, these things for us, we, we, you know, make a good investment. So you, it's kind of, you can use it as a checklist or by all means, there, there are probably other few things, bits and bobs, but these are the key three things that we think you should look at something, look at the numbers, look at the, look very simple do i like it would i live there myself if i was a tenant etc those are very uh, important factors to consider and that's what can make a good investment um, better than a not so good investment or an average investor and even a terrible investment so there you go uh, your question answered um, that pretty much concludes our vlog number six yep. um, so any feedback anything that you guys think we should cover over the next coming weeks we're we're definitely open to to feedback and hopefully you know now with these improved microphones the quality for the podcast is going to be superior 
I'm confident yeah, of true. that. <laughs> so, the podcast um, now we're also available on Apple iTunes. That's uh, right. So if you don't have time, you know, or you're Just riding to work or you're in the yeah. car or whatever, you know, then you can can get us on the pod, Apple Podcasts and uh, Spotify as well. Exactly. So links um, are going to be in that. the description. So yeah. we've, we're going to have links to our social media. Definitely get in touch with us if we can help you sell or buy a property for investment or for self-occupancy in prime central London, then um, drop us a line, phone number at the end as well. We'll be more than happy to help you and uh, let's have a, have a coffee and see, see where we go from there. Thank you for paying attention and see you guys next week. Have a good week. This podcast is produced for information only and should not be relied upon as professional advice. The views, thoughts and opinions expressed in this podcast belong solely to the authors and not to any external organisation or individuals. The London Property Podcast accepts no liability or responsibility for direct, indirect or consequential loss arising from the use of reference to or reliance on the podcast or its content. The London Property Podcast accepts no liability to the accuracy of the information presented here.